What's up, fam, and welcome to the Healthy Fit and Pain-Free Podcast. This podcast is meant to give you easy, implementable, no BS advice to help make you stronger, more resilient, and bring out your inner badass to help you get back to doing the things you love with the people you love. I am your host, Dr. Tyler Bordick. I am a physical therapist, a strength conditioning coach, and co-owner of Inner Strength Physio Fitness Athletics in Pittsburgh. If you're ready, jump on the bus, buckle in, and let's rock and roll. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Healthy Fit and Pain-Free Podcast. I am your host, Doc T, and this is episode 43. Uh, super excited about this episode. Um, this episode is titled From Unmotivated Mom to Motivational Powerhouse. So um, this is going to be with Maria Allshouse. I really want to do this episode. Maria and I have known each other now for a little over a year. She has a great backstory. And honestly, we talked about the other day how really getting these backstories and knowing that others, A, have been there, been there, done that, um, but also B, that they can really empathize with you on, you know, any type of progress trying to make, whether you're a mom, a grandma, um, you're single, married, whatever it is, there's all walks of life that can achieve their best self. And Maria is a perfect example of that. So to give you a little background about Maria, uh, Maria originally had a bachelor's degree in business and communication. Uh, She has a certification lifestyle weight management coach. She is a nutritionist with certifications in ISSA, NESTA, and Precision Nutrition. She is a keynote speaker. She has worked with the University of Pittsburgh Diabetes Prevention Program and now has an athleisure line and, let's not mention, a beautiful mom and grandmother. Maria, welcome to the show. Well, Tyler, it's great to be here. I'm excited. Thank you so much for having me on today. And um, I'm excited to to share my insights and hopefully um, inspire others that it's never too late to truly take charge of your health. So I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Yeah. And that's, that's, again, kind of why I wanted to have you on as A, because you work in the field now. Um, you own your own business, multiple business actually surrounding the health and wellness field, but also you are a walking example. So you kind of have two different hats that you can put on throughout this, this podcast, which is exciting. So, all right. I'm excited. Awesome. Sure. So uh, starting off here, you know, this is kind of the question I always like to go to. So, I mean, like I said, you have an amazing backstory um, where, you know, what was your prior background before health and wellness and what paved the way to where you are now? Yeah. So I was in corporate for almost 25 years. I did branding and marketing operations um, at many of the Fortune 500 companies here in Pittsburgh, actually. And um, I was at the height of my leadership career and, you know, really taking care of myself. Um, leading other teams, developing people. And at age 50, I found myself um, in a corporate restructure. And at age 50, it really wasn't an option for me to, or a desire for me to go back to corporate. I felt like I wanted a greater purpose in life. And I really took some time to reflect on where I was 12 years ago, where I was today. And I decided to take a leap of faith and um, start on my path to entrepreneurship. 
And I just felt like I wanted to, or had a need to inspire other women that it's never too late to not only take charge of your health, but also what is it that you truly want to do? What is your passion and purpose? And that's kind of why, how I, how I ended up where I am today. Um, I really felt the need that I wanted to make a difference in others' lives at the end of the day, because I just wasn't getting that, you know, in my corporate career. Sure. Awesome. And like we mentioned before, too, again, there's kind of two hats here. One, I mean, you were, you, you were motivated. You had great experience as far as like the business and communication branding side of things. But you also have your own journey with um, weight loss, weight gain, everything. Do you mind sharing that a little bit? Sure. So um, 12 years ago, I never would have imagined I am where I am today. I was 43 years old. Um, I was pre-diabetic, high risk of heart disease, depressed, emotionally broken inside, um, and just not surviving. I was barely surviving. Um, my career wasn't really going so well back then because I just didn't feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. And I hit rock bottom one day um, with my son. I was um, Pittsburgh here. There's an amusement park and we went to get on his favorite ride and mom almost didn't fit. And that was my pivotal moment of truth. Um, And I was too fearful to get on any more rides that day. And I kind of sat on the bench and really did some reflecting. I found myself, with an extra 130 pounds weighing me down. And, you know, with my family history of heart disease and diabetes, um, I knew I was on the path of disease and I needed to make a decision that day. And oftentimes, especially as women, Tyler, as you know, you know, the first thing we go to is how am I going to do this? What's the next, you know, quick fix thing I can try. Uh And that day I really, kind of sat back and I said, I have to stop thinking about how I'm going to do this because the road seemed so long. What I was missing was I had to understand why I needed to take this journey, whether it was going to take me a year or two years. I just had to accept where I was, lead from the future, figure out what it is that I truly desired and why, most importantly, you know, why I needed to take charge of my health. Um, I was only 43. I had a 13-year-old son. I, I wanted to be here for him. I wanted to watch him grow old, grow into the man that he is today. I wanted to have the energy to be there for him. But most importantly, I wanted to be here for my grandchildren. And um, I was given that gift nine years ago, um, nine months ago. And, um, you know, when he, when I got that phone call that day, it really hit me because if I was where I was 12 years ago, I don't, first, I don't even know if I would still be here, but I would never be experiencing the joy that I'm experiencing today with her, um, getting down on the floor and, and picking her up and carrying her up the steps and having the energy just to overall enjoy her in general. Um, so I, I just accepted where I was, you know, I made the fundamental choice to take the path to health because we have two choices, right? We can continue on the path of disease 
or we can continue, or we can make that choice to take the path to health. Um, being healthy is hard and, and being unhealthy is hard, but the two differences is being unhealthy is going to get harder. Mm-hmm. Being healthy is going to get easier mm-hmm. once you cross that abyss, right? And you create those healthier habits and behaviors. Um, so that's really kind of, you know, fast forward to today. Um, what health has brought into my life, I would have never dreamed 12 years ago that I would be truly an inspiration to so many. Um, and there's people that I don't even know that I'm an inspiration to. And um, it's it's been a humbling journey for sure. So. Very cool. Very cool. And with that too, where, so you mentioned your why, like that's always a big thing that we talk about with people. And one thing, you know, that one thing I always find conversation, I always have myself fighting with people in this industry and even people who aren't is, I mean, people know how to lose weight. People know how to get healthier. Like the information's out there. Where, where do you feel like you, cause I mean, let's be honest, there's probably millions of people who have been in that similar situation where they're sitting on a bench, they're watching the world go on around them and thinking, I have to make this change. Some do it. Some don't. Where do you think that discrepancy really lies on the ones who do and the ones who don't? And how can we better approach these, better approach them to give them that hope and to give them those chances? Well, I think, you know, there's a, I'm part of the National Weight Registry study. And the study shows that they, it's been a 10 year ongoing study. And it shows, you know, those people that have been able to, there's consistent patterns of those people that have been able to keep off 60 plus pounds for more than five years and hundred plus pounds for more than, for more than 10 years. And what it really comes down to is healthy habits, exchanging unhealthier habits for healthier habits. And the thing is, is that's not a flip of a switch, right? Sure. Um, human behavior is not a flip of a switch. And I think what happens is, you know, we're in an instant gratification world where that delayed gratification is uncomfortable and we have to learn to channel in the moment. You know, if we don't address what we're feeling in the moment and and, and why we're going to make that unhealthy decision in the moment, that behavior is going to continue to be part of our lives. And um, it's, what separates, you know, the people that can do it and the people that don't is mostly patience and, and not thinking that you have to be perfect because what happens is from my experience, my own personal experience, we go all out. We think we have to spend hours in the gym and most women, as you know, think they have to eat way less and exercise way more. And we're doing more damage to ourselves than we even know possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about making small changes over time um, and being self-accepting of that instead of letting the scale define you because we all know that doesn't show the big story, right? Uh Um, If it was only that simple, um, everybody would be able to to be able to conquer um, getting healthy. But, But I think the biggest journey is 90% of the journey that I took was the six inches between my ears. 
Mm-hmm. It, it's it's mental strength, um, and it's having support. I could have never taken the journey that I've taken if I didn't have the support that I had, you know. And um, it's it's being patient. It's realizing just start, stop pressing the pause button. Life's always going to be there. There is never, ever, ever going to be a perfect time to start a health journey. Um, You just have to accept where you are, figure out where you want to be. I'm a big advocate of lead from the future and acting the now, you know, what is it that you ultimately want? I call it structural tension. What is it that you ultimately want? What is your current reality? And how are you going to, in that gum band, of that tension is what creates that success. And how are you gonna get there? Um, So if you just have patience and you stop thinking that you have to be perfect and you make small changes over time, um, you know, I finally realized that I had to just make small incremental changes over time and stop thinking that I had to be perfect and go all out only to burn myself out. and, you know, it, it, a lot of it is behavioral and a lot of it is the six inches between the ears. Um, and it's, it's certainly not easy. You got to pick your heart, like I said earlier, you know. Um, so I would say that you, you've got to be patient and you've got to accept where you are and you've got to just make the small changes. You know, there's that book, Tiny Habits. I don't know if you're familiar with that book or if you've ever read it. It's just making small changes over time because eventually it's going to yield big results. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, another along with that, another book I've read that I recommend on the podcast for is The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And it's, and it's very similar situation where it's, you know, little changes over time compound into huge changes down the road. So mm-hmm. very cool. Now, you mentioned earlier about habits, like habits being a huge thing that people just kind of need to start into little habits at a time and, and make little changes. And eventually that'll lead to big changes like we just talked about. What habits do you feel like you, you um, acquired throughout the process and how, what do you use with your, you know, with the women and whoever you work with nowadays with those same exact habits? So. We, so we start out with, you know, most of the women that come to me, you know, the first thing they want to do is lose weight. That's a natural wanna thing, you know, and we start out just, you know, thinking about where the opportunity for change is. Um, And we pick one thing and we, we work on that, you know, Um, whether it's, they're drinking six cans of pop a day, you know, let's cut it down to four. Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of, that's just an example I'm throwing out there. Um, mm-hmm. Let's replace it with water. You know, let's look at your overall intake and what you're doing. And um, we just, you know, we put a plan together and we just take this. I look at micro habits and micro macro habits and micro habits, mm-hmm. you know, Macro habits is usually the first thing they want to look at is healthy weight management. Okay, so let's look at that and let's break it down into micro habits. You know, are you hydrating enough? What does your diet look like? What's your nutritional intake? You know, because the law, the law of thermodynamics isn't as easy as we think it is. Calorie is not a calorie. The body processes things differently. Um, so it's just a matter of really looking at their overall 
start of where they are in terms of their daily behaviors and just, you know, picking one thing at a time to work on. And once they conquer that, it takes about 66 days to create a new habit. It's not the 21 day that everybody thinks it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the London, there's a study in London that shows it takes about 66 days to create a solid habit. So that's kind of what we work on initially is really looking at the macro habits of health they want to work on, pick one of those and then break them down into smaller steps. Very cool. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, also love the fact that 66 is the number because that's my favorite number. So it always works out that I can remember that one very easily. So. <laughs> um, that's the so, year I was born too. So that's a good thing. <laughs> everyone out there can do the math now, but uh right exactly (laughs) that's okay i don't feel like i am that age i feel like i'm 21 again so it's all good and you look like it too so thank you so very cool um so i know with our conversations before a big part of your approach with people and obviously you have the certifications as well is is nutrition that's kind of like your big area that you really like to work on with people from what I understand. So why nutrition? Why was that kind of your, you know, obviously when everyone has these big transformations, they, die, they there's so many different um, areas and domains they can dive into. Why was nutrition? Why was that your calling? So nutritional and lifestyle change was my calling because nutrition is the core of our immune system, right? Um, it's what puts the biggest defense up against disease. And, the, and where I was, um, I was on that path of disease. And I knew that my nutritional intake was not right, you know, yeah. just by the way I felt, um, you know, my weight gain, um, my aches and pains, you know, the inflammation. So that's really where I wanted to start there and understand the science behind nutrition, because that is the core of creating a, you know, that's a big part of creating a healthier lifestyle is really understanding food and what it does to our bodies metabolically. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because we're, again, women are always looking for a quick fix and never understanding why they have to eat healthier guys too and (laughs) yeah (laughs) I I should yeah I should say guys do too um but I was always one of those women's that were always looking for this quick fix solution but never understanding why it was working um or why it wasn't working and I was really tired of feeling sick and tired and I knew the food intake that I was taking in was 90% of my problem um, because it was all highly processed. It was all sugar. Um, You know, our bodies rely on energy um, that are outsourced from what we eat and from what we drink. And, you know, if we're not feeling good, you know, our moods, um, you know, our our gut and our brain are connected. Um, We have two brains. We have a gut brain and we have a logical brain. And if our guts aren't healthy, that affects our moods. Um, and, and I was not in a good place there either. Um, so I really wanted to, in your overall well-being, um, you know, it also, nutrition also affects your, your mental and physical health. And that was the area that I wasn't feeling well in either. Um, so that was, and I knew that if I learned how to eat healthier, 
um, that I could have a, you know, no one can predict the future, but I could live longer. I could have quality of life. I could reduce my inflammation. I could reduce my risk of chronic disease or metabolic syndrome. Um, and, and I really wanted to understand the science behind nutrition um, so that I could create more of a, a, a metabolic powerhouse for myself so that I wouldn't be continuing on the path of disease. I wanted to really understand the disease prevention in terms of diabetes and heart disease just because of my family history. So. Cool. Yeah. And too, and too, like, you know, I, I have a, a lot of friends that are in the nutrition field and we kind of have these conversations and like we talked about earlier, yes, losing weight is simple in a sense of you eat a little bit less, you do a little bit more activity, eventually something happens. Like that's what people like to think. And for the most part, yes, that's true. However, yeah. a lot of people underestimate how how complex the nutritional aspect and even even supplementational, you know, all of the there they and even stress i think honestly in my opinion like stress management and recovery is a huge one too and people mm -hmm. underestimate all of that stuff and they don't seek help they don't seek someone who can really help them and unfortunately you know we don't realize how much of investment in ourselves this stuff is people would rather spend money on a lot of other things that really won't give them any quality of life. And instead of actually investing in themselves by finding someone, you know, like I work with a dietitian because a, like you said, I have six inches. Actually, my head's kind of big, might be even be a little bit more. Um, <laughs> be, uh, between my ears. And so I want to get smarter with it, but also it takes away my emotional reaction to how my body's responding and it lets somebody else actually look at it and tell me, hey, let's try this because this seems to be working. Um, mm -hmm. And by you saying that, you know, it's a lot. I feel like people really need to do that, do more of that, more investing in themselves. Thoughts? I mean, yeah, I mean, nutrition. And I mean, nutrition intake affects hormones in an extreme way. Um, you know, insulin, leptin, ghrelin, cortisol, they're all interconnected. And, you know, especially women my age that are going through that change um, where their hormones are all over the place. You know, 90% of serotonin is released from the gut. You know, that's a feel good hormone. So your nutritional intake truly affects, can affect every aspect um, of your physiology. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't think people really understand um, that until they clean up their act, so to speak, and start mm -hmm. to, you know, take in um, nutrient dense food versus calorically dense food. Mm -hmm. So yeah, because blood sugar has a lot to do with um, the way our metabolism works too. So mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, I had a conversation on the last podcast about this, and it's also understanding, too, that, like, there isn't really a good or a bad food, necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's it's the yeah. fact of it's what we pair it with. It's what we're, you know, what you can get out of the entire meal, because people are like, oh, you know, I'm just going to have this bad food. It's like, well, you, you know, 
or sugar's bad. We should not eat sugar. Well, I mean, if you, if you take away, if you reduce your sugar, it's going to do good things for you. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's not necessarily that having ice cream is bad. It's that ice cream has very little nutritional value, fiber, you know, macro, micronutrients. And so that's kind of where the scale tips. Mm -hmm. But we need to go ahead. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, It's a good point because, you know, it goes back to the mindset. Um, People ask me all the time, and this is a big pet peeve of mine, you know, Maria, do you ever cheat? And that is a big pet peeve of mine. It's negative. Um, And I tell them no. And they look at me like deer in headlights. And, and they're like, oh, are you perfect? I'm like, no, I didn't say that. I said I didn't cheat. But I, what I do do is I enjoy the simple pleasures of life when I so choose to do so. You know, I am not perfect by any means. I'm Italian, right? I love my pizza. I do enjoy my ice cream. It's that balance, you know, to your point. Um, and and. If we don't enjoy the simple pleasures in life and we deprive, that's a whole nother domino effect that can that can happen. It can lead to disordered eating. It can lead to eating disorders. It can, you know, I mean, I was one of them. You know, I had a lot of disordered eating. Um, but we need to learn to balance and enjoy the simple pleasures in life. And it's okay to have a cookie, you know, once in a while. And it's okay to, to your point, understanding that intake and, and what it's doing. So, yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. That was a good point. Um, speaking of pet peeves, because this, this, as soon as you said that, and as soon as you start explaining this, this kind of jumped out. So yes, cheating is definitely one. Um, I really hate that that has become a thing, you know, for the, for example, like the rock always shares like his Sunday cheat days and the mm-hmm. meals that he has. And they're, you know, these like 8,000 calorie days and, for one, it just makes people feel like crap because they're like, why can't I have 8,000, you know, well, because you're not genetically nor artificially enhanced like the rocket, so you can't. <laughs> but um, one of my other biggest pet peeves, and tell me if you've ever experienced this, is whenever, let's say you go to like a dinner event or you go to like a cocktail party or even just a, um, like a, um, some sort of like chamber event or something like that where you all sit down to have dinner and someone like knows what you do for a living and they look at you and they apologize before they start eating any of their food Mm -hmm. have you ever gotten that before (laughs) that is so funny that you brought that up oh yes i have it's you know maria don't look at what i'm eating or i'm just gonna have a little bit of this today and you know and I actually, I tell them, look, no judgment. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have a cookie. You know, it's funny that you brought that up because the other Wednesday I was at a luncheon and there was salad bar, or whatever, you know, and there was cookies. And I made the decision that day to have a cookie. And I actually held the cookie up and I said, look, everybody, Marie's eating a cookie. <laughs> you know, take a picture um, because I want them to know that I'm human you know, and I'm real. Um, and I don't judge. It's, it's ultimately your decision, you know, what you're going to do that day. Um, but I do get that. And, and, um, 
it's it's interesting that you brought that up. But yes, I definitely, I definitely um, get that. And then they go into the whole confession of, well, I always eat bread, and yeah, you know, yep. and, um, yeah, it's uh, it can be a very interesting dynamic um, for sure. It's so. funny you say that because it is like confession. As soon as the bread comes out, that's where it starts. <laughs> it's like yep, oh, yep, yep. i'm sorry i love bread or i'm sorry i'm gonna eat bread because when we go like i'm the type where you know i keep track of what i eat throughout the day mostly mentally now and i look at it is is this worth it like is this thing worth it for the moment for me so for instance if i'm gonna have a few like if if, if i'm gonna meet my friends and go to a brewery that day like having some good beer with my friends is more worth it than having this. So I'm going to choose that. Or like if I go out to a conference and I'm with people and, you know, the meal is going to be great. I know what I'm having and the meal is going to be amazing. Well, I'm not going to waste it on, you know, bread and all these other appetizers when I can just have a salad, it can keep me content. And then I can have that meal. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, if it's holidays and I'm going one place and I know that the food's going to suck, but I'm going to another place, I know it's going to be a lot better. I might have just yeah. a little bit here and have way more at the other place. You know, it's just finding that checks and balance there. Yeah. And, and, you know, you bring up some other things. Um, you know, oftentimes during the holidays, my clients start to freak out, right? Oh my gosh, the holidays are coming. Maybe I should wait till after the holidays, you know, that goes back to stop pressing the pause button because there's always going to be a birthday. There's always going to be a communion or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I always teach them the three bite rule um, because there's scientific research behind it. You know, that first bite is like downtown Pittsburgh light up night. Like when all the lights go on in the brain, right. And the mm -hmm. dopamine starts to go off and, and then you take that second bite and the lights are still on, but they're starting to dim a little bit. And then you can take the third bite and everybody's doing their own thing again. Now, nobody's watching the lights anymore and they're back to, you know, focusing on what they're doing. And after that, your body's on autopilot, you know? Sure. So Thanksgiving, I'm the same way. I don't eat the cheesy casseroles or the, the unhealthy green bean casseroles, or I want my stuffing. I want my sweet potato and I want my pumpkin pie. So I'll bypass all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. So that I can enjoy what I want, you know, my simple pleasures on Thanksgiving, you know, instead of Christmas is the same way. I eat pasta once a year. That's my choice. People look at me like I'm crazy. But again, it's, you know, picking and choosing and, and not over indulging, you know, you can still enjoy the holidays and birthdays and going out and you just have to be more mindful. It's mindful eating is basically what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. so. And to your point too, if you to like, let's say Thanksgiving, like if you are at the table and you do want to have something, if you just have one scoop. Now, when I say scoop, I'm not talking about the one gallon ladle that your mom has. I'm talking like, <laughs> you know, the big, the bigger tablespoon that we have. If you have a, if you have like one or two scoops of like certain things, that's fine. Cause that then you, like you mentioned, you're getting that taste. You're getting that little dopamine kick that you wanted to try with that. And then that's it. One thing I always talk with people about dessert is I'm like, when you have dessert, is your 
goal to get full off that dessert? And they're like, no, it's to taste it. Okay. So then why are you having three slices of the same dessert? Because now you're just trying to get full off of it. You're not worrying about the taste anymore. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And it's interesting because I was at the Cheesecake Factory on Sunday. My granddaughter. Oh, Jesus, that place. (laughs) The, uh, The calories. My granddaughter got baptized. And you don't go to the Cheesecake Factory without the intention of getting cheesecake, right? Sure. Well, I did get a slice of cheesecake, but I sliced the slice in half, right? Mm. And I gave the other half to my son. Um, and I just had the taste of it. I didn't need that ginormous piece of cheesecake, mm-hmm. you know? And I and it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, I enjoyed it and I was done with it. So... Something my wife and I do with that too, because she loves it. I should say myself, my, but like, um, if I do that, if I get a piece of cheesecake from there, I'll have maybe, I'll have maybe like two bites of it and then I'll put it in the fridge. And then the next day, if I'm, if I look in the fridge and I want that dopamine kick, I'll, uh, I'll have two more bites and then I'll put it back Mm -hmm. in the fridge. And then by day mm-hmm. three, if I'm still wanting it, then maybe. But typically by day three, you're kind of just like, meh, I'm, I'm tired of it. I don't need it anymore. And then you throw it away. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And, you know, that takes us to susceptibility, sugar susceptibility. You know, some, that's an interesting behavior that you have because some people can have that behavior, you know, and some people can't because sure, they are highly yeah. susceptible sugar, right? So we have to look at the susceptibility skill when it comes to that, but that's creating a habit. You know, Mm -hmm. you have that healthy habit, you know, some people don't, you know, so that's an area of opportunity to work on too, is why do I need this whole piece right now? You know, why, why is that important to me? What's it going to do based on the outcome that I want? You know, how am I going to feel after I indulge in all of this, you know? Um, because some people are more susceptible to sugar than others. I mean, sugar research fact is eight times more addicting than cocaine and heroin. I mean, that is a fact. Yeah. Um, and the receptors act in the same way as the sugar is a drop, you know? Um, so, and that's a huge area that I work on a lot with, you know, the individuals that I work with is that sugar susceptibility. So yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, and I should make the disclaimer that this is something that I've worked on for a while. Um, I used to have a huge sweet tooth. Um, I'll never forget one Christmas, my, cause I, that was one thing like Christmas is one day where I was like, you can just let loose on your sweet tooth. And I'll never forget. There was one time that I just, I mean, I devoured the cookie table. Like I, I made mm-hmm. the cookie table my bee that day. And my father-in-law at one point, I went too far though. And I was, I was just didn't feel good. And my father-in-law came and told me I look like a beach whale. And, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, you know, you learn your lesson, but it's definitely taken time. So with this, you know, where do you feel the kind of to dovetail off that? Where do you feel that we fail as a society to make progress from both a professional standpoint and also a non-professional standpoint. Yeah, so we're in a supersized generation, right? Um, the more, the better. 
Uh, restaurant servings are on average eight times the standard serving size listed in the FDA, you know, dietary guidelines. So it, it's, if you look at, um, if you look at where we were, I'm gonna go back in history a little bit here. If we look at where we were 10,000 years ago, right? There was no obesity. Um, there was no heart disease. There was no type two diabetes. Um, it, it, getting enough food was a struggle, but when we got that food, we, we you know, we, we held on to it. And um, it, it, it's that, that 10,000 year ago mentality that, you know, food is so, food is so convenient now as a society. And um, there's so many addicting ingredients in it. You know, I really feel that it starts, I don't know if I'm answering your question or not, but I really feel that it starts with the food industry um, because they purposely put addictive ingredients in, in processed food, you know, and it's everywhere. Food is everywhere today. Mm -hmm. um, it's, as a professional, it's my job to educate. Um, but at the end of the day, Tyler, it's what I did 12 years ago. Sure. It's taking self-responsibility mm -hmm. for your health. Um, no one can do it for you, you know? Um, I just feel like we need to educate more. We need to get more resources to people who maybe can't financially, you know, afford it. Um, people pay for what they value. I get all that, you know, and health is wealth. Um, but, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I want to educate people as much as I can. You know, people don't understand the macronutrient walls of the body and, and how it processes and how it, you know, what carb carbohydrates are not bad. And we just really have to educate people, but they also have to take the self-responsibility to want that education and to make that one simple decision to own it um, and, and to get the support that they need. So I really feel that Overall, we feel as a society because we continue to let um, the food industry drive, you know, or dictate the types of foods that we are, the marketing product placement in the grocery stores. They're strategically planted. And I mean, there's a whole science behind that, you know. So how do you control that? You know, how do you control the stimulation? and the cues and the rewards and, and the brain. And, you know, a lot of it is rewiring and, and understanding that you've got to rewire your brain um, and recognize, and recognize, you know, what the food is doing to you, I guess. Um, I don't know if that answered your question, but it's kind of, kind of where I see, you know, where are we failing and where, what could we do better? You know? Yeah, no, definitely for sure. It's funny when you were talking about food availability, um, this is a horrible story, but <laughs> yesterday I was driving, um, I was on my way home from the office and I was at this intersection and there was a homeless guy there and, you know, the homeless guy had a sign up that said, you know, uh, you know, please support food, blah, blah, blah. And I like had an apple and I stopped and I threw my apple 
And then someone actually on the other side of the road stopped and gave him like a, a bunch of bananas, which I was, I, I was a little warmed inside knowing they were giving him bananas. But then it was funny because as I was driving past his little, uh, his little collection there, I mean, all there was, was like, you know, little cakes and bags of chips and, you know, like all of this, like box, you know, um, like graham crackers, like all of this box stuff. Now, granted, someone who's homeless, the last thing they care about is eating healthy, but it's, it kind of shows you, it's a weird representation of society where it shows you that, you know, you can have someone in like the worst moment of their life, yet they're surrounded by that type of food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and yeah, exactly. It's interesting. Um, it's, yeah, and, and, you know, what breaks my heart is the generation that's coming up, they're going to have the shortest lifespan ever just because of the convenience of food and the addiction to food and food is an addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that was a big part of, you know, going way back to our conversation is until I addressed really what was eating at me, nothing was going to change. Mm -hmm. I had to take the time to do that emotional channeling Mm -hmm. and really understand why I was, had that unhealthy relationship with food, you know, um, and, uh, it, 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 it took a lot of self-reflecting for sure. Sure. So, so Maria, I know your time's valuable. So we're going to kind of bring this thing in for a landing here. We, we could, I mean, God, we could go on for another hour, but you know, we always, I would wish we could. (laughs) Um, I always like to end the show the same way. And for you, it's going to kind of be like a little two-parter. So, the first thing is, what's one piece of advice that you would give for our listeners? Now, this is advice, but then I always follow that up with, what are three actionable steps that people can take today to make that change? So one piece of advice, um, if you had the choice to thrive in your health and your life, would you take it? And, you know, I'm not asking you if you think you can do it. Um, I'm only asking if it's important to you. Uh, from personal experience, I know the thought of being healthy might seem a long way from where you from where you are right now. If that's what's on your mind, I get it. Um, and the goal of achieving a sustainable, healthy lifestyle seems like a fantasy to some. Um, but let me assure you, you know, I was the you that made the decision, um, and it really isn't. Um, you can definitely do it. You just need to um, learn how and most importantly, believe that you can. Um, Because if you think you can't, you can't. If you think you can, you can't. Three takeaways. Um, Stop pressing the pause button. Stop making excuses. I made millions of them. Um, Just start. Um, Lead from the future, act in the now. You know, oftentimes as humans, we tend to focus on the problem. You know, I need to lose weight. I'm, I'm this, I'm that. Um, but what is it that you truly desire? So ask yourself, what is it that you ultimately want when it comes to your overall health and well-being? You know, um, take the time to reflect on your why. You know, why do you want to take charge of your health? What difference is that going to make in your life? Why is that important to you? Why is all that going to matter? Peel your onion so to speak, because without that intrinsic motivation, the how's not going to happen. Get support. You know, we talked about that earlier. 
you know, get support with, you know, organization of, of, of what you guys do. I love what you guys do. You, you have the all areas of deep health, you know, the mental health, the behavioral health, the physical health, um, the nutritional health, you know, or, or, you know, coach, I had many coaches, you know, and I'll give you an example, you know, we'll go back to last year, you know, Phil Mickelson, um, age 50, you know, he made history as the oldest um, major to win a championship. He had a 200 to one odds. And I listen to the story all the time, sometimes when I need a little bit of a, of an up, because I have my days too. And, you know, the first six holes, he wasn't doing so well, you know, and he has his brother there that really coaches him and is his support system. And his brother went up to him and said, look, if you want to win this golf tournament, you got to make those committed swings. And otherwise you're not going to make it. And what he meant by those committed swings was don't let thoughts in where you want to go, you know, keep feeling what you want through that whole swing. Um, so in other words, keep focusing on what you want and the rest will follow. Um, and believe, have that believe in yourself mindset. There's no reason why you can't achieve a healthier lifestyle. You just have to have the right mindset and most importantly, the right support because I could have never done what I did without the support systems that I have, you know? And find a healthy community, be around like-minded people, you know, make your environment more healthy. Um, a law, all of that affects, you know, the decisions that you make and, and what you ultimately want, so. Beautiful, beautiful, just beautiful. Love it. Aw, thank <laughs> you. Well, Maria, thank you so much for coming on. Um, <clears throat> a lot of value there. Uh, definitely, again, something that can really touch people. There's, there's that bridge there between someone who's done it and someone who is helping others to do it. And you definitely bridge that gap. And again, there's just so much that people can take away from just to get them started. So thank you so much for coming on. It's totally enjoyed having you here. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. And if we made one difference today to somebody, then, then we've, we've done our mission today. Um, worth it. kind of how I see it. So yeah. totally worth it. Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you so much. This is a healthy, fit and pain-free podcast with Maria Allshouse. Love you all. Have an amazing day and we will talk soon. Bye. Mwah, mwah. Thank you all for checking out this week's episode of the Healthy Fit and Pain-Free Podcast. If you would like more content that is easily implementable and no BS, you can join our Facebook page at Healthy Fit and Pain-Free Podcast. Uh, to learn more about Inner Strength, visit our website at innerstrengthpgh.com or you can simply email us, us at info at innerstrengthpgh.com. We have two locations in Pittsburgh right now. One is our West location in Coriopolis slash Robinson, PA, and our second location, which just recently opened, is in the South in Lawrence, PA, in the southern part of Pittsburgh. We also partner up with Case Specific Nutrition. They are a locally owned business full of dietitians, registered credentialed dietitians who can help you with just general nutrition, sports needs, and also medical information. You can also contact me at Dr. P. 
period, Tyler at innerstrengthpgh.com or check me out on social media at dr.tyler_bordick. underscore Bordick. Thank you all again. We'll see you on next week's episode.